Hello, everybody, and welcome to the K2 Podcast. This is our 18th episode, and we got a good show lined up for you guys. Um, we actually have a special guest here with us this evening, uh, Giovanni Franchoso, you said it is, right? You Franchoso. got it, man. All right, oh, I'm, awesome. I'll get it right. So, you got uh, it right. Thank you uh, for being here. I really appreciate it. And um, you said you drove 80-some miles 84 here? miles. Yeah, that's a, quite a trip, so I really appreciate oh, it. my pleasure. So um, to give everybody a little bit of background, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Or Well, uh, originally born in Italy, spent most of my life in Los Angeles, uh, was in the entertainment industry for a long time, and uh, got into mixed martial arts back in 94, 95, kind of veered off the music track and went into amateur and semi-professional and then professional fighting. Started my own mixed martial arts events. Uh, I fought for a lot of years. And after I retired from fighting, I got back full circle into music. And that's about it right now. Well, so I have saw some, I've had a chance. Um, I'm going to link your YouTube vid, uh, a channel in the description of oh, the video. Awesome. Um, but I did uh, have a chance to check it out a little bit. And I saw that you had some original music on there. You had some of your uh, previous uh, fight clips and stuff like that. So that's pretty interesting. What, um, what is the, uh, or uh, how could I say, what was the motivation for the music part? How did you get involved in that? Like, what was the catalyst for getting involved in the music? You know, just like any young person in L.A., L.A. obviously being kind of the entertainment place of the United sure. States, I started off, it sounds so pompous when I say it, but I, I was in the modeling industry for mm -hmm. a while. It's a very underbelly, seedy business. <laughs> I veered into acting theater. Same thing. wasn't that much different. I, um, one of my best friends was a guitar player, uh -huh. and we were going to be the next Lennon McCartney, um, the next Simon and Garfunkel, whatever. Sure. And... Uh, I was just the singer at the time. Well, I was in a really bad car accident in 87, and I uh, was homebound for a while. He left one of his guitars there. I started learning guitar, sure. playing it, and then 34 years later, I'm still playing guitar. And the cool thing about music, at least for me, was it seemed to be a more independent. I wasn't so reliant on the modeling or entertainment industry, you know, acting industry, because uh -huh. you got to go through all this stuff. At least with music, you can. it's very organic. And I realized you still got to make a mark to get into clubs, radio, sure. et cetera. But at least if you're playing just clubs, you get to dictate some of those terms. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it felt a lot more, I felt a lot more in control than uh, eventually I well, got Well, sometimes I, th I mean, you kind of hit on the point. I mean, it hit a good point, though, because sometimes when the, in the modeling or the acting field, you're on a script, right? Yeah. You know, you're, I won't say you're being told what to do, but you're given guidelines where music, um, I feel like it's maybe, I don't mean, there could be an argument there that uh, commercial music is probably more in that same kind of scripted guidelines. Some of this stuff, like they get writers that do their music. They're like, Oh, here's your song, perform it. But when you come, uh, when you come from a place where it's just, uh, what's the word that I can say? Uh, where it's self-motivated, you just, like you said, I, I picked up a guitar, I wanted to start playing, and you find your own passion and develop your own passion for it, you kind of do get to do what you want to do, make it your own, and you're not following some kind of script. So I find that pretty cool. Um, when you got into fighting, how did that come about? I was living in Hollywood, off of Hollywood Boulevard, and the Hollywood YMCA was about half a mile from my house. Mm -hmm. I was walking to the YMCA one day just to check it out, see if I wanted to join. And at that time, the UFC had only been around about a year. Okay. And this was early in. I mean, this was early, early, early. 
Well, I went to the Y, and there was a gentleman named Stephen Quadros. He's called the Fight Professor. Okay. And if you're into the game and you've been around a long time, the Fight Professor is world famous. And he, we became good friends. I started taking his jiu-jitsu classes, his Muay Thai classes, boxing, kickboxing, and we started to build a rapport. And uh, next thing you know, I was down near San Diego one day watching what's called a smoker. Uh-huh. A smoker is effectively a non-sanctioned fight. Guys, girls, whatever, who want to... Get like an skin. exhibition match. Yeah, basically. Okay. So I was down near San Diego and I was watching these fights and I was like, I could do this. And I, it was uh, three weeks, so it was March 6th, uh, 1996. The only reason I know that is because three weeks later to the day, which was March 27th, I had my first smoker fight. Oh, nice. And it was pretty badass. You know, I was really? like, this is awesome because I had never in a million years would have thought when I was younger, this was something I would do. I was training for a while in... Um, Watts, California. Do you know Watts? I don't You've know Watts, it. but I've heard of it, yes. Right. Well, there was a famous boxing gym called the Broadway Gym, and anybody, Sugar Ray Robinson, Mike Tyson, everybody who was anybody would train there at one oh, point. Wow. Well, I was working at a modeling school in Beverly Hills, California called Powers Development Center, and this girl named Diada, her father, Aaron Eastling, was a ranked heavyweight in the 70s, ranked seventh in the world. He had fought George Foreman. He had fought Ken Norton. So I'm like, I got to meet this guy. Yeah, so right. I'm down there, and we met. You know, we, we got, had a good report. Did some light bag work. He's, and I was a very heavy-handed guy, even at 155 pounds. He's like, dude, you're going to be a world middleweight champion. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Right. Hell you know, yeah, that gets you excited. I wanna, uh, right. And I was the only white guy in the <laughs> entire region. And so it was pretty cool. Well, yeah. one day he decides uh, it's time for you to start sparring. So I end up going against this Armenian dude, like, Monster huge. I'm 5'9". <laughs> he was like, he looked like he was seven feet tall. He was probably like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, right. He beat the living dog crap out of Damn. me. <laughs> I mean, I was redder than this. Blood everywhere. But it was awesome. I was like, this right. is the coolest thing ever. I remember... I remember <laughs> this got my ass beat. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. walking into the bathroom and I'm covered in blood. And I was like, this is for me. I love this stuff. Uh, well, unfortunately, that time Rodney King and all the beatings in L.A. Oh, had huh. happened. So I was at the gym one day. While I was at the gym, the riots started happening. Oh yeah. So all the, you know, all the the coaches and everything are like, "Dude, you're the only white guy in the area. We like you, but once you walk out this door, we cannot vouch for you. So like, you got to go." Yeah. And they were saying for my safety not to be jerks about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I got out, which was unfortunately it was the last time I saw the guy. Well, I started getting into boxing. I met some other really good boxers, some friends, and some guys who had some boxing clubs. I was in Pasadena, Glendale, L.A., everywhere, and just got really heavily into boxing. And I started boxing some. I was training with the junior, uh, junior Olympics welterweight champion. Another one, a guy just, it's the only time, sidebar, the only time I've ever stopped and said, I can't take anymore. <laughs> this guy, dude, again, dude, was, dude he beat the <laughs> shit out of me. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, so then, you know, fast forward a year later, it's when I got into mixed martial arts. It's when I really knew. Once I realized you can punch, elbow, knee, kick, and grapple, I was like, this is, this is the new this is the new me. Uh-huh. And I started getting training all the time. And like I said, Stephen and I, uh, we became really good friends. I, and eventually I became a coach as well. And then I started fighting at the time. Uh, it's called the Warriors Cup. It was the biggest fight show, kickboxing show, Muay Thai show in the country. And I ended up being on the first and second one, both those, in my division, on my fights. And I started getting a pretty good name for myself. 
eventually I ended up packing my bags and uh, moved in Virginia. Got involved with the Virginia Beach Academy of Martial Arts under the tutelage of William Varner. And uh, he had a show called King of the Ring. I eventually fought for his show. Started doing all the promotions, doing, I was their announcer, I was their DJ, I was um, head coach for the school. Then I veered off, started my own school, started my own shows, started the first professional show in the state of Virginia, started working for the um, State Athletic Commission. So it's just been a long 27-year yeah. ride. No, it sounds just, like a, it's, yeah. been, it's been a long ride, but yeah, it yeah. also sounds yeah. a little bit fun. I've wanted to get involved in fighting a mm-hmm. little bit myself. Um, but it didn't pique my interest in probably until <laughs> a couple years ago, yeah, though. Yeah. And now I'm like, I think I'm a little bit too, like, I'm 31 now. I'm coming up on 32. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm, I don't even I mean, know if I, had, I have a chance. I was 28 when 28? I had my first okay. fight. I'm 53 now. Randy Couture was 34 when he had his first fight in the UFC. Because that's what always, that's what's been kind of hindering me yeah. personally. At least, even, <laughs> yeah. I was like, at least yeah. to like to just train, maybe have a few fights and like, you know, like you said, exhibition yeah, matches. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I meet people all the time. Sure. They're like, look, I want to get a fight, get a fi- become a fighter. I'm like, sure. all right, well, let's see what you got. Right. And some people got it, some people don't, and you know, <laughs> and I don't mean that ugly. Yeah, I, don't, no, sure. I really don't no, mean it ugly. It's with anything like, that you. I mean, like, like I was really good skill wise, but yeah. my mental game, I didn't always believe in myself. And this is a sport. If you don't believe in yourself, I don't care what you have. You're not going to be. You're not going to be successful. I can see you now, need a hype man. You do. You need a good hype man. <laughs> and you, and, but the ultimate hype man is your insights. Sure. You know, now don't get me wrong, I had 42 sanctioned and unsanctioned fights, and the times I went in and said, I don't care what this guy brings to the table, I'm going to kill him. And mm-hmm. I always won. But the times I didn't believe in myself, I lost. And Toby Mata was one of them. Great guy. Everybody's like, dude, you're going to beat him. And honestly, in the fight, I almost beat him several times. Wow. But I was terrified. And I didn't let anybody know what that. What do you think led to that fear? Like, what was the buildup to that? Well, as strange as this sounds, I, yeah, another sidebar, sure. I believe in the Bible. Okay, not wrong a, with that. Right, right. But I really questioned it. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, tr- I'm training to beat and hurt people. Right. And I, I was conflicted about it. I was like, it's a competition, but at the same time, is this an edification towards God in any way, shape, or form? See what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. You know, is it st- it's still promoting violence. Even though it's a controlled violence, mm-hmm. it's still violence no matter how you look at it. And at that moment, you still have to look at the person in a weird sense as the enemy. Even, right. even though it's a competition, yeah, it's sportsmen, yeah. You still have to look at that person as going, he, this person is standing in my way, right. and I have to hurt this person. That's a tough mentality. It is. Then. How do you transition to that? Is it, is it a, just a whole day you just got to focus on well, that? Or how do you transition to, I learned, this is my enemy now? Well, you know? I learned, what I learned about myself was the people I never, met, like, I knew Toby. I'd seen him fight a week earlier. Right. He beat the Freaking crap out of this guy. <laughs> but every guy that I did not know anything about, right. like when I had big fight names, Billy Parvin and uh, Kent Eanes, all these guys who had a lot more experience, I didn't know anything about them. Right. So I didn't have anything to psych myself out about. Right. And those were the guys. Everybody that I did not know about or look up, check out, smoked them. But what happened was I would meet these guys, and especially if I'd seen them fight, I, would, I was going in not to lose, going in to fight their game. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As opposed to going in to win 
and fighting my game. So you're playing on more, so you're already going to like on the defensive. Absolutely, and that's yeah. Again, that's problematic. So you know, a lot of people say a good defense. You know, a good offense is also a good defense. Sure, but if you have defense without any offense, it's a losing situation. Where you're just coming in like, oh, I'm just trying to survive. Absolutely, survive. And I did that. I did that with with him. I just I'll never forget that fight as long as that was in 1999, and. yeah, it was a real learning experience. I did not lose again for years. Sure. Every, you know, I was went into, I was training with some big names, Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu with uh, Boss Root and Marco Huas, Pedro Hizzo, Walter Mikulowski, all these big names, Fabiani Iha. And uh, I was learning from the best of the best of the best. Right. No, that and, sounds uh, pretty cool. It was freaking awesome. What about, um, what do you, you, I don't know if you know anything about this. You may have, and it's hard not to because it's kind of been circulating around and there's been a lot of, Hype and stuff, but have you seen some of these YouTube guys getting into like the boxing realm? Oh, like last night, Jake Paul. Yeah, that's Jake exactly. Paul versus yeah. a Ben Askren yeah. last so night. What do you think? Any thoughts on that? Because I was just like, because well, you're coming from the fighting world. For me, I don't, I don't know if I can have a whole lot of experience from it. Because I'm just like, I, I don't know what to believe. Is it rigged? Is it not rigged? I thought well, this guy was. Did you guys watch him. it last night? I didn't get to see all you of did? it. No, I it was one of the worst spectacles I've ever seen in my entire life. There's only one worst that I've seen, and that was. uh Roy versus Tyson. Right, that exhibition that like fight. A, that, right, was that, that was terrible. That was also but, terrible. But, you know, you had Justin Bieber, you had Snoop Dogg, you had Ice Cube. It was an embarrassment for the sport. As just the a sheer thing. spectacle. Really? The same it was thing freaking with the Tyson awful. fight. They, yeah, yeah. They made it a big, like, performance. Granted, it was exhibition. Right. But, but at so least, it wasn't like a right. thing. But. but at least you can justify, to some degree, going two guys who've seen it all, done right. it all, True. and truly were trailblazers in their collective sports. Right. As opposed to a guy who was coming off a two-fight losing streak in the UFC, basically taking it strictly for a payday. He was retired, wasn't he? He was already retired. And I'm not begrudging him for the fact that he wants to make money. Sure. And I'm not even begrudging him for the fact that he did it. Right. It was just the pure joke of a spectacle, in my personal opinion. Uh, Maybe a lot of people are going to say, you know, I come at at this from a legitimate perspective perspective Mm -hmm. saying this is what it is right if we're going to implement entertainment with it fine let's legitimize it i thought it was a total excuse me i thought it was a farce now a lot of people are going to disagree with me and it's easier said for me i'm sitting here in virginia not making a million dollars right yeah right i mean but i don't i can't even really like yeah granted you are here in virginia but like i don't know who can really disagree at this point well the argument was a sham of a fight like this was like well, the it argument that I've been hearing from, I guess, the opposition, we could say, or the people that may have a different view, that they they tend to say that you know what they're what Jake Paul is doing for the sport is is bringing more viewers, younger audience, more people into the sport, mm-hmm. so that it somewhat is a, a good thing because it is bringing more light onto the you know fighting and boxing and all of that stuff. You and that's s- the only argument that I can really, you know, make or anybody would say. That's like saying we break, we uh, introducing porn to the world to <laughs> to make the Godfather right. more visible. <laughs> see what I'm but saying? You're right, though. And, and when you take, we see that in every day, though they do absolutely put, promote sex. Yeah. In, in, in situations so you're, to promote you're, every, anything. If you're taking the lowest common denominator in order to elevate the highest levels, you yep. it's your what you end up doing. Here's it's quality. Uh, Absolutely. It's quality versus quantity. And right. we know for a fact it's what the lowest common denominator has a tendency to drag down. Sure. As opposed to the other way around. Mm-hmm. Right. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you're not seeing because if these people didn't see Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, generally speaking, they weren't going to go watch the Tysons and, um, 
There are those people That's already were there. See what I'm saying? Yeah, right. absolutely. So that to me, it's like a Kardashian or the Honey Boo Boos of the world. You're not <laughs> elevating entertainment. What you're doing is bringing the lowest common denominator to television, and that yeah. to me is is the is that very vicious cycle of the dumbing down of everybody. In my yeah. personal opinion. Well, let's talk about a bigger fight. How difficult do you think it was for someone like Conor McGregor to go from MMA to fight somebody that's experienced as Mayweather Jr.? Well, the thing I'd say the difference between the two uh-huh. was one: Conor did have legitimate amateur boxing experience in okay. Ireland. He okay. was, if I understand correctly, I did not follow his amateur boxing career, but he was pretty successful as an amateur boxer. And it's undeniable the man was a two division champion in the right. UFC. He, at that time, had only had one loss in the UFC against Nate Diaz. He came up, dismantled two of the the best-known names in the UFC. So the transition from a legitimate two-division champion combat uh, enthusiast to arguably the best defensive fighter of the last number of generations was not a big stretch. Now, I do feel that Conor should have had a little bit more... Uh, experience with professional boxing. Right. He should have gone in a little bit more. And honestly, Roy Jones Jr. knew it was a payday at the end of the day. Now, McGregor did far better than most people had thought he would do. Nine and a half rounds and actually hurt the man for a few times. Now, I know the argument, then the counter-argument is, oh, well, Floyd didn't take him seriously. Let me tell you, Floyd took him seriously because the last thing he wanted to do was lose to a guy with zero professional boxing experience. End of his career. End of his career. It was a disaster. I mean, he's undefeated. Right, right. He's 40, saying, uh, yeah. But people will say Floyd Mayweather Jr. is the greatest fighter of our time. Yeah. And I read something that Mike Tyson said recently on a quote, and he says he disagrees. Absolutely, he disagrees. Because he was saying people like Sugar Ray Leonard, he went for on a small stretch, yeah. lost one, and then went seventy nine and zero. Yeah. And then there's another boxer that went like sixty and zero. Yeah. So they're saying how? Well, you look at the Julio Cesar Chavez. He was like ninety four. That he was, was like exactly 94 and 0 before he lost right. his first fight. Now, again, the argument is, well, he fought a lot of bums in Mexico. Right. All right, let me tell you. They so may 94. be a lot of bums. <laughs> they may be a lot of bums. But that's a lot of fights. 94 fights you know, is a lot. 94 fights. You know, I had 42, and I think that's a lot. But 94, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> and, you know, the pound-for-pound pound argument to me is a ridiculous argument. It's all right. about emotional attachment to whoever the fighter is, right? Sure. Because in order to be the pound-for-pound pound best, I would have to fight everybody in order to prove I was the best. Right. Now, you might say you're pound for pound during your reign, you're the best. But you can't then say, it's like when people say, would Tyson have beaten uh, Rocky Marciano? Or mm-hmm. would Ali have beaten whoever? Pick, it, sure. pick your poison. It doesn't really matter. It's an, irrelevant, it's an irrelevant argument because those things are never going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right? That's like saying, and even saying the greatest of all time. That's another ridiculous argument because the truth of the matter is, let's look, in, look at a Tyson. Buster Douglas knocked Tyson out. Does yeah. that make Ty- does that make Buster Douglas the greatest fighter of all time because he beat what right. quote unquote was it the greatest right, fighter of all time? Right. No. Yeah. It's a very cyclical thing. It's an emotion based thing. Yeah. You know, you're going to say this is my favorite fighter fighter and you're going to say oh well he fought out of his prime. That's another ridiculous yeah. argument because if had he won, 
you yes. wouldn't have that argument. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Could, yeah. We emotionalize everything. Yeah, and you could also even point. say, it kind of brings me back to what you were saying earlier, like what you may be dealing with personally at that time in your life may throw you off during Absolutely. that little bit of fight. You know, like you had to deal with like, well, you know, I was a little bit conflicted with my, my religious beliefs and then I was going into a fight. I didn't know where, like all of those things do affect oh, what's going to happen. So Without it's question. just something just simple as that could affect an outcome of sure. a fight, you know? So, I mean, it's kind of interesting to believe. So um, just to tr backtrack a little bit, you said that you um, were in L.A. at the time of the whole uh, Rodney King situation, and you see the riots, and you hear about all this stuff going on. Do you see a lot of simili similarities between that and what we were seeing now with the whole, like, George Floyd thing? Or do you feel it's a lot different? Or no, I mean, I actually knew cops who knew Mark Furman and some of the other cops that were part of the entire thing. Okay. And they they were very, and black cops, they were very pro-police at that time. Look, it's so strange. Mm -hmm. I'm very anti-government. Okay. In totality. Sure. I, I used to actually consider myself an anarchist until I saw <laughs> the, you know, the Portland and Seattle so-called anarchists. Yeah, that was a, a shit show. Total shit show. Yeah. And if you're going to destroy anything, go after the government, not... Business Personal owners, business, right? Sure. So, I very rarely take the side of police. Now, I have taken a step back because I don't believe you should. You know, there's a saying that says violence is the tool of the ignorant. Okay. You know, you should. Now, unless your back is against the wall or someone's hurting your family, ideally speaking, you should be able to cogently talk amongst one another, right? Right. Now, we always we know for a fact, again, based on what we see, that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. You, you do your best to do what you can. The problem is, the di let's just use the difference since you brought it up, Rodney King versus a George Floyd. Um, we're looking at it from two different perspectives, mm -hmm. right? One was in, in active criminal behavior, right? And uh, only caught in, in context what someone else videotaped mm -hmm. as opposed to the entire context. I still think that it's absolutely atrocious that not just one, but multiple cops will beat another human being. Yeah. True. Or anybody will beat a human being. Right. I just find that appalling. If you want to beat a human being, train a little bit and get into a cage. Yeah. And prove yourself. Yeah. As opposed to taking weaponry or multiple people. I can't stand gang mentality. I don't like bullies. I don't like the mob in any way, shape, or form. Did that... Um... Oh, just you just have to... Um... There. No, it's fine. Right. Did it make a difference in the, in the societal spectrum? Eh, Briefly, mm -hmm. the difference between Rodney King and today is the constant 24-hour news cycle, the internet, obviously, social media, and giving people a forum by which they don't fully respect it and not mature enough to deal with it. Mm. You can understand. See what that. I'm saying? Yeah, we had riots in L.A. It was pretty localized. You didn't see riots going all around the country and people stating, uh, you know, blacks are being killed en masse or the police over abuse of power. It was relatively relegated to L.A. proper, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it didn't last too long. There were a numerous amounts of changes within the police departments. And even Rodney King himself, what'd he do? Can we not all get along, right? He took right. the, he, I hate saying he took the responsibility. He understand that had he not done what he had done in the first place, he wouldn't have been put in this situation in the first place, right? Still doesn't in any way, shape, or form justify the behavior and the punishment okay. he right, got, right. right? Right. That's not happening anymore. Now it's people are saying, I don't deserve any treatment, no matter what I do. Yeah, I've seen a lot saying? of that. I've seen a lot of that. And I, I tend to usually talk, chalk it up as what I like to call, you know, trolls. You know, Because yeah, it's like they, there's no way that they can 
in my personal opinion, I'm like, there's no way that they can genuinely, genuinely believe that. I've seen some. There was a recent video. I don't know if uh, it's kind of. I hadn't seen it. I've just recently seen it. But anyway, um, this guy uh, was just walking away, and he had a gun in his hoodie, mm-hmm. and he turns around and he starts walking away, and the cop is telling him, "Hey, I know you have a gun. I need you to." not reach for it, get up on the wall, and the guy continues to walk. Well, eventually they pick up the pace, and, they start, and he starts chasing after him. Um, now, it doesn't say exactly why the cop stopped him, because as far as I'm concerned, it's not necessarily illegal to carry, and if he had papers saying that he could carry a concealed weapon, then he should. But we don't know what the, what, like, did he pull that out, brandish it on somebody? Like, we, I don't know the context right. prior to that. But well, the, what I'm getting to is the I saw a bunch of the comments in there. It's like, he would just wanted to go home. You should have just let him walk home. You should have just let him walk home. But there's no prior context. There's no, we don't know anything prior to that. And I felt like some of the comments were basically just uh, going, it, it's like they make up anything that makes it to where there has to be some kind of line there where uh, your law enforcement does take a role versus uh, just let anybody and run amok or just do whatever without any consequence, mm-hmm. you know? And that's kind of the arguments that a lot of people were making. They're like, no, he was, he, he can, he can do whatever he wants. He didn't have to stop for that cop or he doesn't have to do this. And I'm like, there's no way they actually believe all of this stuff. But to me though, if you're walking down the street and you have a gun in your hoodie concealed, I feel like the police should have every right to stop you and just ask, Hey, can I just see your permit, man? I'll let you go after that. I just need to double check that. And if you didn't have your permit on you, then obviously there's a problem, but I don't see an issue Personally, with a cop verifying documentation because you have a, a weapon in your hoodie pocket. You shouldn't have to walk around with a weapon in your hoodie pocket. If you have it concealed, put it in your waistband or have a belt holster, something of the sort, you know? Sure, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand, like, why you kept walking. Yeah, you don't, I mean, to me, you did bring that on yourself. Yes, you stopped. You should have just stopped and just gave the proper etiquette to the officer. And if you, if you did have your license and you, you should have been able to just walk home, you should have been able to. As long as your papers are in order, you, you still can. Sure. Just do it with the guy. Yeah, it's like the people. Well, it, it just seems like a lot of people have gotten to the point where they've lost total respect for the police. And of course they have. I'm kind of um, I'm kind of in the middle on a lot of it because, you know, I've I, I was in a lot of programs when I was younger um, that were kind of um, like the Boy Scouts, but for law enforcement. I did mm-hmm. a little bit of that when I was younger, so I got to kind of I don't want to say be on the inside because you didn't have a access to all the information but i did meet some genuine some cops that i thought were really nice guys i looked up to them as big like you know positive influences in my life but as i'm older now and you see a lot of this footage footage and stuff that we've seen come out it's impossible to deny that there is a lot of like what you uh set of gang mentality type of stuff going on where they like i mean even with, yeah, well, I don't even know about brotherhoods, but I just where they're getting a little bit like you can't deny that a lot of there's a lot of abuse of power and stuff going on, and they're like, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's just because of the cameras where it's being exposed now because mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever really gone away. It's probably okay, always no. been there, Absolutely. but it just yeah. seems like there's just some. I don't know. That, I I don't want to say it's just new, but it's almost like new to me because it's like I'm finally like, dude, I. I, I, I used to try to make arguments for why the cops were okay, but at some point you're like, look, I can't keep arguing for these guys. You know what I'm saying? They're just fucking it hardcore well, right now, you know? Ultimately, here's the question, societally speaking. We have a social contract, right? Okay. Everybody has to ask themselves this ultimate question. Are you free or are you not? Right? We keep electing people. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the craziness of it all, right? We all work. 
we pay taxes. With those taxes, we pay the cops. We pay the cops to stop us on the tr on the road, right? Yeah. Not we pay the cops to stop us for going a speed which they say is not safe, right? Sure. So not so here we paid the cops. Now they send us to court. So our tax dollars paid to have that courtroom built. <laughs> that, those those tax dollars paid for the judge to tell us we were wrong. Yeah. Those those tax those tax dollars paid for the clerk to hand us the the summons. That our tax dollars paid for the lawmaker to make the law yeah. to make you a criminal. Sure. What we're effectively doing is we are funding our overlords. I mean, yeah. Well, think about yeah. that. See, again, so yeah. most countries are very honest. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have no freedom, right? Yeah. The problem with America, and I love America, right? I'm from another country. My mother's from another country. My biological father's from another country, but we chose America, right? The problem with America is... It's so busy telling everybody it's free, but only in free is the much that they allow you to do. Sure. Right? right? So, but there's, a, there's another saying, we get the government we deserve, right? So when people are constantly saying, nothing's my fault, go do this, go do that, I'll call the cops if you touch me, I'll call the cops if yeah. you do this. Well, so it's a, another vicious circle like yeah. I was talking about. We're creating the scenario by which, since most, all these ignorant people are going after businesses, total strangers, yeah. getting after you for the, the pigment amount of your skin, yeah. the side of the country you're on, the political, whether you have an R or a D, right? Right. This is tribal mentality. Right. So people are asking for the overlords to continuously subjugate us, as mm -hmm. opposed to everything being merit based. Mm -hmm. I have this argument, and see where you go with. Tell me what you think about this. All right, sure. All right. We know there's laws against drunk driving, right? Absolutely. All right. So here you have a 21 year old driver who does not drink, but he's been in six car accidents, one which hurts a person. Okay. Now you have another driver who's 21. He drinks every day and drives, but has never been in an accident in his entire life. Who's the more dangerous driver? I mean, I mean the one on based your, on your statistics, life. I mean, you gotta go exactly. with that. Yeah. But this, when this guy gets stopped, he doesn't get his driver's license taken away, he doesn't get thrown into jail, he doesn't have to go into rehab, doesn't get this, that, and the other, paying ridiculous amounts right. of money. This guy's never been in an accident in his life. Yes, he may be a functioning alcoholic, and I'm not saying he should be drinking and driving, mm -hmm. but we know statistically who's the more dangerous driver, right? Right. So we don't go have checkpoints saying, and, and checking, oh, how many car accidents have you been in? Mm -hmm. Zach, right? Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely so right. therein lies part of the problem. So effectively what happens is one person does something and we then hold cloth, say everybody is getting punished for it. Right. Goes back with gun laws, goes with voting, goes with smoking, goes with drugs, goes with alcohol, goes with sex. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Things should be merit-based. I, I don't disagree with you. You're 100% right. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's just very difficult. Be, I don't know. It's just one of the – it's hard to uh, – there's not much you can really argue against what you're saying. Like I, I, I tend to agree with that. It should be a very merit based, but it's almost like you said the the overlords. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> they too, tend to want to keep that division, and they really push it. I mean, at every chance. I mean, you see it with. I mean, I mean, with the simplest stuff, they'll try to split it up. Um, I think what some people said, that's why the NFL works so well. It's something to do, I don't know if it's something to do with humans or if it's ingrained in us, but the tribal mentality or the herd mentality, I don't know what you, what's the word you would use for it, but there's something to that that 
is almost ingrained to us, but that's why they say the NFL had always worked so well or any kind of sports team because you have this team and this team and then the fans or those backers and or they're all – it's that tribal thing and then they, they clash and then that people are able to bullshit with their buddies, go talk trash back and forth. But you see that type of same thing translate into everyday life, you know, that we deal with. Like you said, you could be R or D, and if you thought of that as the NFL, Republicans and Democrats going at it head to head. I mean, you see that type of stuff. I'm, I used to strongly identify as a Republican conservative. That's kind of how I'd always been. Um, I don't know exactly – where that came from. Politics wasn't a huge part of our family growing up, I wouldn't no, say. Not yeah, at all. yeah, like, I mean, my grandfather had some pretty, maybe that, a little bit of influence in that. But other than that, we weren't very political family. Um, mom, father never really brought it up, you know, and I was, it was always a merit thing with my parents. That's exactly how I was raised. You know, my mom says, you know, well, how does this person treat you? How does this, you know, it was never a, a, a race thing. It was never, right. a, are they a Democrat or any of that stuff? You know, I, and I feel like that's translate. Like I, I feel very thankful because now today I get along with all walks of life. Um, and I don't want to use the I, I, maybe this is a poor argument, but you know I feel like uh, sometimes I can go into maybe the roughest neighborhoods and get along with those folks, and then go up into like some high class situations and get along with those folks as well. Right. Um, I, I don't want to use the word chameleon, but I'm able to, to adapt to other people's way of thinking and understand not everybody's going to think the same. So it's interesting that you know more people aren't like that. So I don't know exactly where it comes from. That I don't know if it's just like a a push from TV or culturally, like where people, where they feel they have to keep that division to make, I don't know, maybe to make us go against each other. Not, like, you know, I don't understand the logic behind it. Well, I believe it's a myriad of issues, family division, you know, the lack of a family. Oh, that's been busted down. Right. Hardcore. I mean, we know that. Last... We know that's for a fact. You know, yeah. people, people for four generations now are constantly saying the family structure is not important, especially right. men. Yeah. Right. A male father, female mother. Yeah. I've used those terms because now we're talking about, oh, uh, if you identify with whatever. We know <laughs> man, woman. That's right. just the way it is. All right, so when you take one, it's it's kind of effectively the yin-yang, right? right? You got the sun, you got the moon, right? right. You got, the, you got the, the sky and the earth. You got the male and the female, sure. right? If those things aren't working incongruous with each other and you're only giving one point of view, right. It's very, it's a very skewed point of view, right? And it doesn't matter. You can't, as, as a father, you can't teach your daughter how to be a woman, and as a mother, you can't teach your son how to be a man. Right. So that's point one. Point two is when people have points of view that they don't fully understand, they don't, they they have no basis, right? So there's no secure foundation for them to be able to talk amongst mm -hmm. one another, right? Like you're saying, you can get along here, you can get yeah. along. I'm pretty much the same. Right. I don't care where I am. I'm always the same. Right. Because I, I know where I stand right. philosophically, economically, politically, religiously, whatever. Right. And I can have a discussion with any human being without having it to become to blows. Right. Well, a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't that way. They're not secure in who they are as human beings or their own points of view. Right. right? So if, you're, if I'm challenging your point of view... But I'm and I'm doing it in in a very even respectful manner. Mm -hmm. But you have no argument for it, and all you want to do is lash out and tell me right. I'm wrong. That's where the clashing of heads go. Yeah. Well, so then, now then it goes back to the overlords, right? <laughs> so now you got to have. Let's say it does become a clash, right? So now you got to have people coming in to prevent that. Then, then you're gonna have people around that saying, "Oh well, how was it? Was it a was it a um, racial issue? Was it?" 
class issue? Was it a man versus woman issue? Whatever the case may be, right? And so you get the people, the people in power to, you know, what it called divide and conquer, yeah. right? So that's the whole premise of what's going on in that's America. That's what I feel exactly what it is. It is all about divide and conquer because if people really knew, mm -hmm. whether you and I disagree, if we knew, you think Clinton or Bush or Trump or Obama or Biden, do you think they honestly care about you, you, oh, me, or him? Yeah, no. They don't care about any of us. No. They care about two things, our vote and our dollar. That's it. And that they're going to, the best way, it's it's all about conflict, right? Mm -hmm. You watch, what's the most exciting thing about a hockey game? The, the fights. <laughs> well, I guess it depends. You know, I like the rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, but it depends on who you ask. Right, but your automatic instinct was <laughs> right, the fight, right? right? Yeah. It's like Jerry Springer. Nobody watches Jerry Springer. For to the see, drama, no. Right, they, they don't watch it to see two people get along. They yeah. want to see fights, yeah. and you're, that's it. Yeah, you're right. And so who makes, <laughs> who makes the most money off that? Jerry Springer and his advertisers. Right. The people who go on there, they're a mockery. They're making fools of themselves. They go home, they're just as problematic as they were. Mm-hmm. Right. right, nothing but actually resolved. Nothing was out, exactly nothing was resolved whatsoever, and that's our political climate today. And so the people with the the good heads on their shoulders, we're marginalized. We're cons what are we called for? Generally speaking, in this day and age, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, you're a uh, pick your poison. It doesn't matter what right. it is. You know, whatever the bromide is, that's what you are. <laughs> and so whatever the bromide, right? Is. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> and because collectively speaking it's very difficult to get individual thinkers to it's like it's like herding cats it right is. it's exactly what it's it is. the majority of people and that the they're, they're sheep they're called sheep for a reason because, <laughs> yeah. they're, because they're easily led and yes. again it doesn't matter if it's the right and it doesn't matter if it's the left yeah it's both sides it's both yeah. sides collectively speaking doing damage to each other you got right. your cnn you got your fox yeah and the the chasm of in between Thinking is getting farther and farther. It really is away. It really is. It's there. That it's is like sad. they're forcing you to pick a side. Like Absolutely, you have to be oh, yeah. on a without question. And Absolutely. It's, I, I mean, and you know, it's also you talk about these uh, sheep and like I think a lot of these politicians and um, social media outlets, a lot of them also, I feel like tend to use people or herd people oh. if you want to talk about sheep um and for example there's this thing i, I don't i don't this is not a, a an insult by any means but um i'm sure you're familiar with tiktok or, oh yeah. yeah okay so on this social media platform they have what is called like trends okay where uh, somebody will do a dance and then the next person does the same dance and the right. next person and they continuously do that yeah 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 and you know I've, i don't know this is just a recent thing that i started to notice so we decided to create a tiktok to like help promote our show we put some clips and stuff up there right and but uh we don't do any of the dance trends per sure. se but i do see with these uh trends and everything that these people are on they have a term it's called a thirst trap. Now, a thirst trap is essentially a woman. I know where uh, this is going. Oh, no, I was just saying a woman will. I got stuck with a sticky trap once. I was like, <laughs> no. But a thirst trap is essentially a woman who has. Um, they put out their their bodies. They're and they're showing their ass on the damn camera. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to be yeah, politically well, they're, correct yeah. about it. They're showing their ass and they're in the tank tops with. Cut off right at the nipple line. We yeah. just say what it just is. Just trying man. to bait men into, you know, 
I guess likes and follows, likes yeah. and follows, yeah, likes and follows, and then you get the same another person on that same thing, and then it keeps going. It's a cycle. But I yeah. feel like it's used to go back to what you're saying to like destroy the family unit. Like uh, I see a lot of women on there. There's a lot of posts about like. Um, there's this one trend, okay, and it's, it's so corny, I, and I'm sure, I hope I don't bore you with this, but okay, there's no. one uh, trend that uh, where they cover their mouth, mm-hmm. and you can't see, the camera's aiming straight on, so you can't see if they're talking or anything, but they cover their mouth, and what the trend is says is like, um, I, uh, if, I sing along if you're with the guy you told your ex not to worry about. You get what I'm saying? Oh, so, so you cover your mouth, and then they can't see. But then when they turn, the camera will show that they're singing. So she's with the guy now that she told her ex not to worry about. And then they promote this stuff, right? Wow. And it's not – it is so much it's like, okay, it's not – it's just her ex. They're, and most of them are fairly young. But it starts to ingrain that mindset. Oh, that's sure. okay. Don't work on your relationship. Oh, don't work on you – know, don't right, try yeah. to continue or build on good habits. No. Yeah. Just leave them. Get you I a blame Nike. Why, yeah. <laughs> blame Nike. Yeah, because they all started this shit with Michael Jordan and that other female. Anything you can do, I can do better. Oh, yeah. That that's where this shit started from. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Nike, but it's just massive. weird. That, but you see that common theme well, on TikTok. Every, everything the, is is about fame for fame's sake. Yeah, it is. Like but you're they're talking using about, them. They're using them. Well, and I, I agree think with these you. People don't even because, realize they're being used to push no, this clueless. message. Well, sure. Why would you? Well, if, yeah. if it's easy money or it's easy fame or it's easy likes or easy clicks, why? A little bit like of you're dopamine. talking about <laughs> right? Don't we mean rushes? You know, you're talking about doing some stuff to promote your. Your channel yeah. or your your uh, podcast, right? But there is a utilitarian aspect to it. Sure. It's about getting people who are total strangers. I didn't know you an hour ago, right? And That's we're having this is our first time meeting, right? I mean, we so talked we're having a little bit prior to this, yeah. like first time meeting. But we're having person. actual intellectual conversations sure. about not saying we're going to solve the world's problems, yeah. <laughs> but we're not. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's yeah. about the process. Getting this you know, material out there and yeah. hopefully getting other people to think as yeah. opposed to doing something for the sake of doing it. Yeah. It Therein a, lies yeah. the rub. When you have nothing to offer, yeah. you offer nothing. Yeah. Right? But I'll it's a terrifying thing. People aren't thinking. Oh, God. Here because go. they're sitting here like this <laughs> looking at their phone and other people are telling them how to think. Oh, without yeah, we question. We actually have think yeah. leaders like Cardi B and whomever yeah, else yeah. out there that is talking about WAP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you know, these shouldn't be our world leaders in thinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> that woman interviewed Biden, for Christ's sake. Oh, I know. That's wild, we right? don't. What happened to the Walter Cronkite of the world? Or the Ronald it's Reagan's just or, or the John F. Kennedy's of the world? Right? Yeah. Everything is truly to... Now, you know, you look at cycles of... of um, you look at cycles of um, empires throughout history. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're effectively at the precipice of the downfall of American society. And there's not even a question about it. Mm-hmm. We can argue the merits and say, oh, you're, you're over, you're over, you're, 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 you're exaggerating. I'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating because it's the trend. Right. There's a lot of really good studies on the length of empires. Now, generally speaking, about 300 odd years. So we're in 200 and year, two, roughly year 245. Yes. Well, with, yeah, the, in, with, the, with the advent of the Industrial Revolution, we've progressed things to a rapid rate. We are also the fastest, we became the fastest world power in history. Yes. We went from a fledgling nation to less than 150 years later, we're basically ruling the world. Sure. That's not a major growth process. That's like saying a 12-year-old should be the CEO 
of General Motors, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Not saying the person may not be intelligent enough to do it, but he's not mature enough to do it. And there's yeah. two totally different things, Sure. right? So you can have intelligence, but you need maturity. And therein yeah. lies, once again, you're also going back to what we were saying. Anybody can be on a keyboard and spew vitriol. Yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Right? With zero, with, with zero consequence. Here's my, I always use the same argument. So let's say you're on the freeway, right? Yeah. And you're driving, some guy honking his horn, whatever his lights at you, and you don't even really notice it. And he pulls up next to you and he flicks you off. That's basically what social media is. Yeah. Because <laughs> it kind of feels that way. You're because, right. Because I guarantee you, most people would not do that if we mm -hmm. were walking by each other at a McDonald's, mm -hmm. right? So you're in your 2,000 to 5,000 pound weapon going 80 miles an hour, giving me the finger with no recourse whatsoever, mm -hmm. not finding out, not even explaining to me why you're doing it, not giving me a chance to discuss why you did it yeah, in the first place. Yeah, and that's what I... And that's what social media exact, is. No, exactly what it is. And, you know, um, there, like, I have, like I told you, like, I get along with all walks of life. I judge based on merit, how you treat me, and yeah. you know, I treat others how I would like to be treated. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's it's just like you said, there's no entertaining a conversation through social media anymore. No. I don't even know no, if you're it was. But, yeah, I mean, I've said – I mean, oh, just sure. generally, I've just yeah. said a comment and just – and, like, it's not – it's no – it's there's no – it's just straight to you're a racist or right, yeah. argumentative or like there's no trying to well let me hear what this guy has to say right, right. like you can't no, even ask yeah, for explanation even, yeah. i read a post i want a friend of mine from high school wrote he said you simply if you cannot if you have you do not have a black friend if you don't understand their pain right now you only simply know a black person and then to me i was like I wanted to write something. It's like sure. my, my neighbor happens to be African American, and I literally hang out at his house every single day in his garage, yeah. and he, he works, and I chill, and whatever. You know, right. he's fifty three, sure. which is, I guess, a weird combo, but we get along. Yeah, you know, yeah. great, no problem. I'd say he's one of my better friends. And even in high school, I had plenty of friends that were African American. But regardless of that, I just didn't understand that to me because if me and him do get on these topics, it's not even close to what he's saying about pain. He's sure. like, well, this guy probably, you know, fed into it. He tries to see it as the situation is sure. and not as people are telling him it is. Well, it's pure projection. Right. Generally speaking, people who are saying this vitriol, since you like that yeah. word. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I'm going to start using it a little more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's classic projection Telling other people that they, they are feel. exactly how they feel. Yeah. Right. You look at all these lily white neighborhoods up and down the New England coast, right? Mm -hmm. No black people. Right. Delaware is predominantly all white, and yet you have these white liberals, predominantly men or predominantly female in this area, yeah. but yet you don't see them integrating with. Uh, nope. You don't see their kids going to sc black schools. You don't see them hiring black people. Look at our governor right now, Ralph Northam. His <laughs> His assistant uh, um, governor, lieutenant governor, is a black man. But who's he endorsing? Terry McAuliffe, a uh, white yeah, guy. I, yeah, yeah. So how see black? That. How black? Uh, you know, are yeah, you yeah. in terms of uh, where you stand? If you're not even willing, yes, to promote your lieutenant governor. Yeah. See what I'm saying? No, that right. happens all all throughout. And so you know, and it's. I hate when people, like you were saying, I have black friends, I'm not this, whatever. It drives me crazy. As a white person, or any race, I don't care, because I know then people might write and go, oh, well, you're, of course, you got white privilege. Whatever. You can say yeah. whatever you want. It's irrelevant. I don't care if you're Asian. I don't care if you're Hispanic, whatever the case may be. The second you say, I'm not racist, people automatically <laughs> jump on that. Yeah, yes, they do. I've never said <laughs> yes, that. Yes, they do. Never, ever, because, one, I don't care what you think of me right. as a human being. Unless you're able to come up with evidence 
to state I'm this, that, or the other, what your opinion of me is absolutely irrelevant. Sure. Then when people find out I'm actually mixed race, my biological father was born in Africa, in Egypt. Okay. And he's so I'm Egyptian, Lebanese, Italian, French, Yugoslavian. But because my melanin content is lily white, yeah. people think I have no point of view. See yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're projecting their own racist views on other people by telling them they're racist. Yeah. No, for I, no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that they think they can't be racist mm -hmm. because the media tells them they're a victim minority group. It's insane. So it's kind it of weird. There's a guy. Oh man, I wish. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. Um, but he recently did a video. So what he did was he went to local colleges and asked them about the voting laws in Georgia, where you know they're one ID now. Right, right. So he goes to them and says, "Hey, do you think these?" Voting laws are, you know, oppressing uh, people of color, um, or do you like? What are your thoughts on it? And do you think they're racist or whatever? And the, the, almost, I, they were all obviously mostly liberal colleges, of course. Sure. Um, I guess that's what he had to go to make his video work. I don't know, but he goes and he asks them, you know, what's your thoughts? Do you think it's racist? And they're like, yes, they're trying to. Um, stifle the black vote or people who don't have access to the internet um then he the couple other people said uh you know um maybe they just don't know how to get the id they were saying some really crazy stuff so then what he DMV. did he, yeah, no, <laughs> he turns around and then he goes to a predominantly african-american neighborhood and he goes excuse me ma'am um do you have an id on you and she's like yeah i carry my id everywhere i go and he goes, well, if you were asked to show your ID to vote, would you have a problem with that? And she's like, no. And she's like, and then he goes on to ask several other people in the community, hey, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you have an ID on you? And they're like, yeah, I'll carry my ID everywhere you go. Almost all of the people that he asked said, yes, uh, I have an ID. And they all said, I don't know anybody who doesn't have an ID. Sure. And then he started reading off some of the comments that all these people were making. He's like, do you think that's racist, what these folks are saying? And kind of came out that he was like, uh, most of the people like, well, I, they, you know, surprisingly enough, none of them really said it was racist. They said, no, they just sound ignorant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was surprising to see that, you know, um, that they the were like, flip. yeah, the roles flip. Because right. they're like, Dude, I don't even think that, it, it, I mean, and kudos to them because they could have, there was a lot of content text because to me interpreting it and maybe i'm exposing myself a little bit but listening to some of the videos and stuff i'm like are you trying to and they were trying to say like you know like uh African Americans didn't have access to internet or didn't know how to work it or too dumb to well, that's operate like, it. That's like Biden saying that the other kids are or the other kids are just as smart as the white kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the quote was. It's called it's called the soft bigotry of low expectations. Meaning, you got one group of people stating you're too dumb. Yeah, and telling other people that they're racist for not realizing that yeah, they're exactly. too dumb. Yeah, exactly. It's right. it's bizarre. Which is gun once again complete. Projection. Yeah. So these white people are saying these black people are dumb because they can't get yeah, it's, IDs. It's, yeah. And but, then yet telling everybody else they're racist. For not getting on board. Well, no, absolutely. What my mind is, and I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure at a certain age, which happens to be of 18, by law, you have to register with the armed forces for draft. So you have, so like, well, look, so you have some form you, of ID. You can't, so get you, a, you can't get a job without ID. You right. can't get a driver's – you can't get a – Insurance without you can't yeah. get a credit card. You can't. You can't, you can't get a library. You, can't, you can't, can't. I mean, so much. Well, yeah. you know what? I you, there's virtually nothing you can do without an ID. So, for yeah. the fact, 
and then supposedly this is the most important thing, of course you're going to get an ID. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely right. absurd. Well, it's right. it's also interesting, too, because you saw the uh, MLB wanting to pull the All-Star game yeah. out of there. And, you know, I thought, well, you know what? It's interesting. Well, let me go up to Wheel Hall and see if I can pick up my tickets without an ID. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I heard so that much, same thing. Yeah, it's like, it, it makes no sense. So I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they're... Maybe it shouldn't be an exception, or maybe there's some other things. But for oh, generally speaking, you should have to have an ID to vote, in my personal opinion. And I'm not saying that the last election was rigged. I'm not really one of those conspiracy, like it was sure. some kind of fraudulent thing. Right, right, right. I'm not really in on that whole bit um, because I, I cringe take here, but I'd somewhat like to either you either have to believe our election system is rigged or you think it's legitimate. You right. know what I mean? And so you and and that's one of the things where I think you have to pick a side on. Like either you think it's completely rigged and bullshit, right. which there is some probably what's what's the face you're making? I agree. It's either rigged or it's not. And well, yeah, I'm just saying I definitely lean to rigged. one side. Yes. Well, it's rigged. Absolutely, it's, it's rigged in as much as this. Like I made this point. To, I made this point to my mom. She got all upset with me. I said <laughs> there should be a one. If you're talking about the president of the United States who supposedly represents everybody in the United States, it should be one methodology for each state. She goes, I thought you believed in individual rights. I said, sure. This state has the right to pick how they want to pick their governor. This state has the right how they want to pick their mayors. This state. But when you're talking about the main representative, it should be one collective idea or one collective methodology by which people should vote. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't have 50 states with 50 different ways of voting mm -hmm. for one person. Right. It's, 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 it's uniformity. Uniform. Absolutely. It's got to be uniform. It's pure insanity. You know, I mean, we can argue the merits of voting and, you know, does it really make a difference? Right. You know, a lot of people say, well, this vote really proved that it does make a difference. Yeah. Well, sure. If you're voting, if you're voting for poop or shit, mm -hmm. right? right. It's, it's two different words, sure. but it's the same exact sure. thing. Exactly. And, and when and I, that's when effectively I say, what we're voting no, for. I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that for sure. Um, but when I say that... Um, it's not rigged. That's not to say that fraud doesn't happen. Of course. But um, I don't – generally speaking, I don't believe that there was enough to so-called overturn right, an election. Right. And if you wanted to say that, um, you know, it also goes back to what you're saying about voting uh, poop or shit. It's the same thing. But also, like, for example, you know, um, Trump tries to come out and, uh, you know, say at one point – um, you know, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged, guys, the election's rigged, <laughs> you know, however he does yeah. it, you know, There's and he's just, yeah. <laughs> he's his own worst. Yeah, but, Sunday, so he's, he's doing that, yeah, yeah. I don't know well, he's guy. doing that, it's, and, you know, he's going on with that, and um, he didn't do anything about it, though, when he won the election, and uh, Hillary was trying to say the same thing, but sure. since he won, it, right. the the fraud was okay, sure, you know, sure. but he didn't. So that kind of goes back to what you're saying. They don't care about what's right for you or me because if he really cared, he would say, well, look, even though I won this election, guys, I should speak out about election fraud. We need to look into this. But he didn't do it, and it came back to bite him in right. his ass no, on I this election. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of happy yeah. to see that a little sure. bit. I'm like, yeah, you know, because he gets what he, you know, he should have. He, he, he had the, himself. yeah, he had the perfect opportunity just because he won the election not to do anything about it, and now it came back to bite him. In True. His ass. Now, and I'm not defending him. Having said that, there's Trump is provably the most castigated man in the history of this country in terms of sheer media. Mm -hmm. There has not been one moment of one day of his entire presidency where he was not being attacked. No, they didn't give him an opportunity. Right. So, with that being said, maybe that was something 
that could have potentially been on his agenda. Sure. But when you're being attacked 24-7, you only have 24 hours in a day, eight of sure. which generally you're supposed to sleep. Yeah. So let's say 16 to 18 hours a day in which you can actually get things done. Sure. So he's, you know, so I agree in as much as that he could have and should have done something. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you're being hamstrung all day long, it's also very difficult to get those things done. You yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I right. just would have liked to I'm have seen him. To really do right. But I would have liked to have seen him at least probably put some of that stuff off to the side and not engage in it yeah. as much because well, he did entertain without it. Without question. You know, he just without constantly question. entertained it. So yeah. it's at my point, like a little bit. Should have let PR take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with he you should with not what you're saying, Twitter but it's account. almost if he, <laughs> it, yeah, that was just kind of. That was a waste of time. Yeah, oh, my God. A little, he spent, oh, my yeah, God. That's what, and that's the argument you can make. Like, you could say, okay, well, he has this. This much time in a day, but he had no problem firing off fifty tweets right. in a day, you know. So it's kind of like, come on, get it. To, you, well, had, you know, the you know, so-called so leader of the free world is supposed to elevate as opposed to being drugged exactly. down, and that's and what he did. It to him, but he now is what is he emblematic of the problem in the country, or is the pro country a pro uh, emblematic of Trump? Yeah, and it's you know, I say we set forth the pattern by which we got the government which we've deserved. Mm -hmm. We've now had. We've had now, uh, you got Biden, Trump, Obama, Clinton, I'm sorry, Bush, Clinton. We've had five presidents in a row who completely obfuscate the Constitution. We've had the longest protracted police action in the history of this country mm -hmm. without a declaration of war. We've had five guys in a row who have zero military experience mm -hmm. and yet are sending people to go die on a daily basis yeah. with no end game in sight, right? Yeah. But the reason we, they're allowed to do this is because the populace is so busy constantly saying, well, you're racist because you're white or you're dumb because you're black, yeah. as opposed to realizing where the real problem stems, yeah. which is Washington or Richmond or whatever state capital Well, they got the, the fencing around it now, you yeah, know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was bad to have it at the border, yeah. but it's okay to have it there to protect yeah. you. It's Again, when you take a step back and look at the totality of it, you really think you, you, you really have to go, this is insane. Yeah. Which is why I got off social media three years ago. Aside from YouTube, I have no social media. Sure. I could not handle it any longer. I was just like, people are truly cruel to sure. each other. No, they I would are. have to disconnect yeah. that simply. Well, you honestly. could, you just don't want to. Well, well yeah, I mean, you I have mean, to, like, you gotta also admit. I mean, yeah, I, no, this you're is not right. a judgment. No, it's you're not right. a judgment at all. But when people say, I wish or I hope, there's another saying, wish in one hand and shit in the other, which, yeah. see which one fills up first, <laughs> yeah. right? We Bang. can. Now look, I'm just as guilty. <laughs> so I I'm still guilty. I still have this piece of equipment which rules my world, so I, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself on sure. a platform or a pedestal to say I'm any better. I use... I uh, use YouTube to promote myself for music or whatever sure. the case may be. So I'm not here. And I'm not saying in, in and of itself that those platforms are bad. But there's no there's no holding of accountability. And I think ultimately that's the real problem. If yeah. people would hold each other truly accountable, but not constantly saying, you need to be held accountable. Yeah, people yes. need to look in a mirror and say, I need to be held accountable. Yeah. That word is very rarely used. Do people don't do that anymore. No. You're right. You know, it's, it's all, everything is somebody else's fault. Children blame their parents. Parents blame their parents. Yeah. We blame the police. We blame society. We blame big tech. We blame whomever. Yeah. As opposed to taking, at the end of the day, I'm fully in control. Trump didn't make my life better, and Obama didn't make my life worse. At sure. the end of the day, every choice I have made, I made willingly and voluntarily that. yeah you know i could easily look i've had and i'm sure i don't know all your life stories but sure. i'm sure you've had some shitty things happen in your oh, life absolutely but what 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 do you do you, you if you consistently finger point and blame yeah all that does is keep you in the problem where you're at yep. right as opposed to saying okay how do i 
absolve myself of the sins of my father sure. and consistent and do the things to make my life better. Am I going to continue repeating the cycle or yeah. am I going to break the cycle? And that's really ultimately what, what needs to be done. Yeah. But that's not being taught anymore. Yeah, Generationally that, they speaking. Don't need, I mean, I don't, you say it's not being taught anymore, but I don't know if it was ever truly taught except maybe within the household. But as family units right. break down, exactly. you know, you know, it's no, just, you're 100% you, correct. I feel man. like, I mean, it's all the life lessons. I mean, even in, I've heard a, a buddy of mine who says that, you know, He's very against uh, like public school systems yeah, yeah. because it's like that's where he believes a lot of this starts. Propaganda, running. man. Well, it is. not only propaganda, propaganda. It's like, um, and this is not an attack on females or even men in some cases, but like uh, you know, it, it is hard to um, they they put young children uh, that are a very impressionable, especially young females. They get it brutal, and I'm not taking up for females because they, you know, I have my own quarrels with them as well. But it's kind of hard. Like they sub are succumb to a lot of pressure when you look at people like certain celebrities telling them how they should look. Oh, or like Kim Kardashians. Yeah. So these young women are having to uphold these standards, and then men, being the dumbasses we are, <laughs> huh? Yeah. You know, looking away. We well, can. Sure. And then you see that in public schools. I mean, you and you hear like uh, certain things where women are. Uh, uh, being and Jay, you could probably you know talk about this, but there would be times where like uh, fellas would maybe lead a, a young lady into the women's restroom, sure. or like there's a lot of sketchy stuff Hold that on. went down. Let's backtrack. Yeah. What? What do you mean I could? No, I'm just saying you can testify. This is stuff well, that just, happened. Not, in you made it sound like I'm leading women in. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, when no. they identify as women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. But, no, at the <laughs> point that that's no, up. <laughs> but the no. But you're you're right. I wasn't insinuating that. I'm just saying, like being in schools, we all heard those stories. You oh, know, absolutely. I think that they are doing a, a better job about making that apparent that something needs to be said. So I, there's a newer movie called Moxie, something on Netflix, and there's a girl in school, and she has a she's a bustier female in high school with spaghetti straps, mm -hmm. and the teacher's making a big deal. She's like, "Can you just go change? Help me out." You're, sure. You're, like, how is her situation distracting other boys and right. stuff from learning versus just saying, you boys need to stop being stupid, right. focus on your shit. But I, I they're immature, though. They're immature. They are immature. And you need to say, stop being immature, you stupid little well, shit. I, you know, but that's like I mean, just telling an infant to you know that can only crawl. No, you walk right now. You, right, it's right. not going to happen. Or tell a fish to climb. But a that tree. doesn't well, reserve you the right again, to call that girl out and say you need to put a t-shirt on. Neither you don't need to make yeah, a spectacle. Absolutely. it should be private. It should say, hey, listen, oh, we absolutely. need to discuss this. Well, there was a great quote. I was, um, it's somebody in Richmond. I think it was the superintendent of all schools, and all these people were like screaming how girls. And boys too, but let's face it, most boys are not going to school in mass in wearing skirts or showing yeah, their booties, you know, shorts. Or, or wearing, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I guess maybe not so, last year, but yeah. things are starting to Right, change. the numbers are growing, but <laughs> so somebody asked the the principal said, you know, how can you let these girls dress? He goes, they didn't leave my house dressed like that. Right. Yeah. Right. So what's that saying? What's it saying is once again, that's true. People too. have abdicated. Parents have abdicated. Parents are so busy trying to be friends with their kids, as opposed to saying, "I don't know what you think you're doing, sure. but you're not leaving this house." Yeah, I wouldn't like let my well, personally. Another thing I wouldn't is, let my daughter this leave. Also, the, right. another like argument that. I yeah. tried to explain to people, and aside from that, because that is definitely an issue. Um, but I also think that it also goes back to our our 
our favorite one of our favorite words today is of the overlords, but also like um, I'm not a huge fan on minimum like the increase in the minimum wage. But sure. do you know how hard it is today to earn a living wage? So parents, there's some women that we go back to a broken household, a single mother sure. who's working two or three jobs just to make ends meet, sure. and makes it very extremely difficult to deal with these children and to teach teenagers them. taking care yeah, of younger so, yeah, children. Yeah, so yeah, you can say by. like anybody, oh, this superintendent, or anybody, like yeah, they're gonna leave my house like that. But then we're not talking about the single mother that's having sure. to bust her ass just right. to keep, and she's, it's, it's, it's a struggle, you know? I get that. But and it goes back to the broken families and the broken homes. But where, okay, but once again, so let's say a mother, and I, look, my mother divorced and was raising two boys, right? Sure. Brought her mother from Italy and, you know, to so she could work and to provide. And my, I never met my father. My stepfather was very neglectful, wasn't around, didn't help with anything. And so, but my mother chose that man. Sure. You know, you can't, again, it goes back to self-responsibility. You can't continuously say, well, I've got five kids from four different guys, and I'm working as a waitress. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, the man needs to man up. You're absolutely freaking, sure. freaking right. I think men who abdicate their parental authority or their parental Parental responsibilities are disgusting human beings. Yeah, and but this is not about, you know, people say, oh, you're shaming the woman. Take some responsibility. You ultimately said, I'm going to take this man into my body, mm -hmm. and I may have gotten pregnant intentionally, unintentionally, doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is, you are the Still woman. Made that you're choice. the one who made the choice, and you're the ultimate one who can get pregnant. Why, why didn't the man do something about it? Stop blaming somebody else. Yeah. Take responsibility. If I walk into the hood tomorrow with $10,000 cash, and I start screaming, I have $10,000 cash, and I get mugged. Is that my fault? Absolutely. Without right. a question. Now, did I deserve to get mugged? No. But am I stupid enough to have gone into a situation by which I could get mugged? Yes. And therein lies the same thing when it comes to these young girls. And I've got two daughters. Sure. Right. So I'm very pro. We're both fathers right. as well. So I'm, we both I'm, have a daughter. Right. So I'm very pro-female, and I want my daughters to make the, the good choices and sure. good decisions. But they're constantly being told, children, and especially females, are constantly being told, uh, look at all television shows. The parents are always morons. Yep. Yeah. Guys are always dolts. And the girl is always the smartest one in the room. But yeah. we know, statistically speaking, in the real world, that's not true. Does it mean women are dumb? Of course it doesn't mean. Yeah. Are women? There are a lot of women that are smarter than a lot of men. Absolutely. But pound for pound and toe-to-toe -to -toe speaking, uh, the woman is what they call the fairer sex. It is what it is. Yeah. It doesn't make them any less of a human being. But when you're telling boys... You're, you're treating boys one way, you're treating girls another way, and you're skewing... And I hate to say roles, but we do, innately speaking, have certain roles. The men are protectors, and women are their nurturers. Mm -hmm. Can Does it mean a woman can't be a protector? Of course not. Does it mean a man can't be a nurturer? Of course not. But genetically speaking, mm -hmm. those are our, our strengths. innate strengths. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, it's kind of having, it is having, you can still be a strong warrior mm -hmm. with a nurturing aspect. And you sure. can still be a nurturer who is will is fierce Sure. In protection of your young, etc. And, and you can attest to that being coming from an MMA background and so forth. Yeah, but women you, you, well, I'm just not just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you're in the ring. You obviously yeah. have that aggressor yeah. mentality. But right. when it comes to your daughters, I'm sure you're a, Very a teddy bear. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so you got to you kind of you have both traits. Right. You know? But again, people are being so taught that to take offense to those things. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's freaking offended. Yeah. For yes. everything, as opposed to looking at the totality of what is actually going on. Yeah. Are the is the argument real? Is the argument a valid point? Right. Then, if you once you come to determination whether it's a valid point, 
then take logic, and then yes, you can sprinkle a little emotion here and there. Sure. Because we're all emotional creatures. No one's saying, you know, no one's saying become Mr. Spock and have no emotion. Yeah. But you have to find, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> but you have to also look at the hierarchy of the argument. Yes. And how do we get to a resolution? Here's the resolution, yeah. right? And but those things are not even looked at anymore. It's like if you say anything, you're a misogynist. Yeah. And me, even me talking right now, all I can think of and oh yeah, the comments gonna lie. Right, up. right. Comments <laughs> are the comments gonna be? Oh, he's a misogynist. He's a yeah. racist pig. This has nothing to do with either of those points. It has to do is my argument or my point of view real? Right. And right. if it is, then let's discuss the merits and even of if it. They, well, even if they say you don't even want to discuss it, like not you personally, but the right. person says, you know what? I don't. Di- I don't agree with them. Right. But, but they, it's like they can't just say, oh, I found a person in the world I don't particularly agree with. And right. Just call it a day, you yeah, know, and just no, move on. But no, they, no, they have, have to say, no, I have to tell you. Yeah, destroy you. Yeah, destroy you. Yeah, you have to be wrong. eliminated. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree. Yeah, it's got to be this right. big ordeal, you know, instead of just saying, hey, there's a person out there in the world sure. I don't agree with. Yeah. Would you look at that? Not <laughs> seven billion people in the world. Yeah. and I, You mean well, to tell me there's somebody? And I don't mind being corrected if I'm wrong. Everybody. I always use this one story. In 1999, I was with a really good friend of mine, Jill Bowling. I was at her house. She's a science. She's a brain scientist and works with gorillas and monkeys. And all her friends are scientists. I was literally the only person in the room who was not a scientist. Right. So we're talking about cancer. And I made a comment about cancer, how it could be cured. And they all looked at me and corrected me. Now, a lot of people, but I was in, I'm, a, I'm a humble enough human being to know when I'm totally wrong. Sure. And I was wrong. So what did that teach me? It taught me, don't speak out of your butt if you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? And then be humble enough to admit you're wrong and then be intelligent enough to listen to the people who know what they're talking right. about. Right. So that now, when I do talk to people about certain aspects, let's say a cancer, I can have a footing to where I may not talk as much because I still don't know what I'm, you know, in regards yeah. to that. But I'm also willing to listen. Yeah. Right? And therein I think that's lies the, the more key pro- issue is yeah. like to listen. Because even if you want to... I don't want to say speak on something you don't know about, but sure. even if you just uh, maybe you like you know, hey, I got an opinion on this, or like throw it out there, that's sure. okay. But if like you say you are wrong or something, to the ability to just take a step back and just listen. I mean, what's that old saying? A guy gave you two ears and one mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I would like to see yeah. more people try to listen a little bit more and just be a little bit understanding. But hopefully, yeah. we'll get to that point one day. Oh well, well <laughs> I think at this juncture, it's just like. Again, you look at Rome, you look at uh, Mesopotamia, you yeah. look at Egypt, you look at China, you look at uh, England, you look at Japan, you look at Nazi Germany. What happened? They all arced, they all fell. Sure. Right? And then you had to have a total reconstruction of that societal contract between right. government, law, and the people. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's where we are. We are here. We're at that tipping point. So, and once the slide, the slide has really started. Uh-huh. But once that slide finally comes over there, it's going to yeah. be quick. Well, there's a couple of things about that. So you bring up, you know, Rome. And one of the things that I've been hearing is like, so I was talking with a buddy of mine. And I like to think he's a pretty smart guy. But we were talking and he was like, when you look back, he says he sees a lot of, you know, you're, and you keep, it's interesting that you're bringing up this, this um 
comparing it to maybe like Rome. We'll mm -hmm. use Rome, for example, because sure. this is what he was saying. And he was like, you know, it's kind of weird because we were talking about those so-called thirst traps and things. Yeah, he yeah. was like, if you look back into the women goddesses mm -hmm. of Rome and all of this stuff, they had these same qualities that you're seeing being pushed on these social media platforms where, um, you know, you had certain um, goddesses that would be just like, maybe they had, a t uh, like, you know, they're very sexual boobs out yeah, and yeah. all of this stuff. And you're seeing these same kind of qualities that like um, where the women can do certain things to make the man fall in love or mm -hmm. these quote unquote thirst traps or these statues, the perfect figure, the perfect, all of this stuff. And this was going on in Rome. Um, so he says that he sees a lot of similarities with what they're trying to make the society try to idolize these same type of ideas that Rome and stuff had. Sure. And he's just kind of, he's, he was correlating the two um, as like, you can see how we are very, it's very similar and a lot of similarities and he could see the, us falling down. And then a lot of people, I'm sure you may have heard this term, but I've heard a lot of uh, with uh, the great reset. Have oh, you heard yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's so, kind of interesting. So you say, like he was saying, you know, we're at the arc portion. Do you think this going down the downfall that this could be the end of diplomacy as we know it? Do you, or do you think diplomacy could change? That's a good question. I mean, for America in any ways, diplomacy, getting along with each other, Dealing with, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a really good question. I mean, I think instead of the everything, great reset, could it be the great divide? You know, and well, I think we're already at well, that. We, we, we are divided. You know, we're definitely I mean, divided. More, I mean, more structured division. Like even in South Africa, they have a huge division between sure. blacks and whites, and sure. it's, they have whole neighborhoods constructed around keep out well, the here, blacks. Well, here, I, so I mean, let's let's just use the simple argument of police brutality versus like, white cops versus black citizenry, especially black males. Well, I made the point to some people. I said, "All right, you want to you want to see whether it's truly black oppression or white racism? Right. Put only black police in black neighborhoods, white police in white neighborhoods, Hispanic police in Hispanic neighborhoods, etc. Go down the line, and then you see whether the power structure is still a power structure or a racial structure. Right. And then, of course, you know you're going to have your race baiters on both sides. Then, if if they realize, oh God, it's not you know racism, it's power structure, they're going to find another." Another yeah, argument. Yeah, they'll find another thing. Sure. Right. You know, you can't, you can't destroy your own neighborhood and then say it's somebody else's fault. And that's really ultimately what it comes down. It's like setting your own house on fire mm -hmm. because you're pissed at your neighbor. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous argument in the world. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, and I think, but when you keep telling people ad hominem attacks and then you keep telling them for generation after generation, you're not to blame for anything. And we can take it to the, yeah. we take it to the perceptual level. There was, I heard a great story about these um, two hippies out of San Francisco. They had their daughter. Never said no to their daughter, ever, on anything. She ended up a prostitute and heroin addict. Right? Go figure. What's the argument there? The argument is you have to instill discipline. You have to instill self-reflection. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. My God, boundaries. Yeah. Self-awareness. Yeah. If you're constantly allowing somebody to do whatever they want without any recourse or repercussions, that's the kind of disaster yeah. you get. It's the same thing. You got to. I don't care if it's a if it's a trailer park. I don't care if it's Beverly Hills. I don't care if it's what country. I don't care if it's Palestine. I don't care if it's China. It doesn't matter where it yeah. is. If you constantly tell somebody nothing is your fault, you're gonna see an absolute decimation. I used to be, uh, be a property manager. In, am I over? No, oh, you're okay. fine. Okay. It, just what your story goes. I'm gonna be vague as possible. Somebody uh -huh. may or may not have a child who tends to be 
not respective of boundaries and lacks discipline. And, and look, I've been instilling that. Dude, you I've, need to set these things now because if I've, you don't, it's this is where you're going to end up. Look, and I'm guilty of the same thing. I think so we all are. Especially if in some mannerism, we are. Especially if you have a daughter. You know, just, 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 like, I've got two daughters, and I love my daughters, and yet, you know, they bat their eyes. And yeah, they know how to get you. My daughter pouts you. that lip, and yeah. I'm like, I'm damn it. My daughter, <laughs> she's melting me. She's, she's just, she, she, she just turned 19 two weeks ago, and it's a constant battle. Sure. You know why? Because, you know, I want to be her friend, as I'm sitting here saying that yeah. to be friends, right? And then trying to instill, but then I can't be shocked yeah. when she acts certain ways because I let her get, yeah, get right. away with murder as a child. So, again, it's self-reflection. I sure. know a lot of the errors are mine. Right. Having said that, she also knows what's right and wrong. So, what's the balance? To admit my failures as a father, but to also say you have to take responsibility for your ba bad behavior. Right. Yeah. Which are both hard tasks. Absolutely. It's, it's and therein the lies the rub. And there's the, therein lies the rub because you don't want to lose touch. Right. You don't want to you don't want to cause a division, but you're not helping this child. No. At all. No, you're not by continuing doing the letting them get away with murder and it goes again grand scheme societally speaking. Yes. You know, you look at uh, you you ever hear of Thomas Sowell? Great economist, black guy, black economist, one of, brilliant, 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 brilliant. And he talks about you know when did the decimation of the family start? Let's started around wasn't around the crack era, like where they started busting down the. Uh, no, that's what I heard farming. a lot of people well, heard people he, say. That's a totally another argument altogether. <laughs> talk about legislation and morality. It's yeah. a great book on when uh, they started to illegalize drugs when it got into the black yeah. communities, which is another story altogether. But pre New Deal, pre-Johnson era, 1964, it's pre, uh, right? When the black community, the, the, the um, fatherless home rate was like at 17, 18%, very low. Wow. Now it's over 75%. Wow. Why? Because so the, wild. Why? Because the incentive of the government was to say, listen, we'll take care of you, but if you have a father in the, in the home, yeah, they incentivize we can, incentivize, we'll pay you. Yeah. Well, if you have another kid, we'll give you some more of this. Yeah. If you have, you know, whatever. So what's that do? I'm getting some free money. Well, that's easy. That's fine and dandy when you're when you you're 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 living in a certain scenario. You go, well, that ca that fast cash, yeah. right? I'm sure I've been in that situation sure. in my life. Everybody I've done has. it. Believe me, I've done a lot of really stupid shit in my life, yeah. and it's been following me for my entire adult life, right? But who do I blame for that? Myself. I can't sure. blame anybody else for my upbringing. And, and again, that cyclical thing. So, but but when you're gener generationally telling people, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. Yeah. You, you. There's no teaching of self responsibility. So as I, even as I'm sitting here saying, well, you need to take responsibility. It's also very difficult when no one's ever taught you how to take responsibility. Yeah. Right. So right. therein lies part of the rub. So going back to your thing earlier, earlier about diplomacy or salvation in society, I, it, we have to hit complete and utter rock bottom before we're able to finally, you know, take the. The you know take the speck out of somebody else's eyes before we take the yeah. plank out of our own eyes, right? And then uh, have to rebuild. Unfortunately, I personally don't see any other way around it. I, I don't wow. disagree. I think that I, you're 100% right. Hope, I mean, I'm always hopeful. I like to call myself somewhat of an optimist. Yeah, you know, of course. And I'd you like got to be an optimist. Yeah, I'd like to, I, I hope, you know, we're able to find that balance in the world. But. Well, if everybody was individual, like, again, go back to the herding cats. If everybody truly thought for themselves at some point, and, you know, if, you know, people say it's cruel or it, it, it's selfish, but even if, now, there's a difference. If you fall down, I give you a hand up. 
That's one thing. Sure. But if I then throw you on my shoulders and carry you around for the rest of the day, I'm not helping you. Yeah, that's right? true. Right? Yeah. Then you become accustomed to me carrying you around. Yeah. Then when I stop carrying you around, you get pissed off at me for yeah. not carrying you around. Yeah. And then I get pissed off at you because, well, how, I'm, you're, you're unappreciated. You around all See what I'm day. saying? Yeah. So selfishness within a context is a good thing because it forces everybody to take responsibility for themselves, do at the minimal amount to help others bring themselves up, and then get them out on their own. Sure. Look now at the animal is... kingdom. The animal kingdom does not raise their children and, and, and take care of them. Once no, they're they, able they to walk... No, they kick them out of the nest. Absolutely. And, like, hey, you gotta... and, and if you are... And it's such a funny dichotomy of... You know, they always talk about, you know, there's no God, it's all evolution and survival of the fittest, but we spend so much time coddling and, and to those who don't fit. Right. See what I'm saying? No, sure. It's I a very totally, strange thing. I totally Instead of teaching, saying, look, man, it sucks. You're going to have to figure this crap yeah. out on your own. No, there's, there needs to be a lot more of that. And uh, we'll see. I, I, like I said, I'd like to remain an optimist and hope <laughs> that it all comes around full circle. Um, but we're getting towards the end oh, of the sure. show here. Um, first off, I just want to say thanks for coming oh, my on. Pleasure. Thank um, you. Great discussion. Yeah, great. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a lot to think about. I'm going to yeah. be laying in bed for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. tonight, well, maybe we could have you on again. I'd love to, man. Yeah, awesome. we'll yeah. have you on you again in the future. Um, we got a couple guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, some kind of interesting next week, uh, you guys, uh, for anybody watching at home, we have, um, uh, I don't want to give out her name yet, but a young lady. Uh, she's actually like a tarot card reader. Oh, really? Um, I'm not really huge into that yeah, stuff, but I've had a few requests for it. They're like, yeah, you know, I'd like to be into it. And she does like uh, what you call dream interpretation. Uh-huh. And uh, the interesting bit on that is uh, with the uh, one of my uh, uh, another buddy of mine, he was saying, you know, I've been hearing that a lot of people are getting these uh, visions and dreams of things that are alluding to maybe like the end times. Sure. And uh, we don't know, like, how do you, you know? Is that the sure. case or is it not? You right, know, right, no one, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a debate. You yeah. know, um, so. Uh, it would be interesting to see because his belief is that a lot of these dreams from these various people that he's heard, his interpretation of it is that it's a sign of the end times. And she does these dream interpretations. So I'd like to give her a couple yeah. examples, have her do it. So it's some stuff we're working on just a little bit for the viewers at home. Um, we got some really interesting stuff lined up. Uh, I think the following week I have a musical artist as well. Um, he's more in the hip-hop scene, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. But your uh, you know, story is great. And any guy, anybody that wants to check out... Uh, Giovanni's YouTube channel. Make sure you go and do that. Um, he's got some great original music on say, there. The yeah, he's got. I, I'm going to put the description uh, or the link well, in the description. Like on socials. Yeah, but he's got some great videos and good fight clips up there. I mean, I saw. I, and you know, I just before we wrap up, I do want to touch on one video that I watched of yours where oh. it seemed. No, it was interesting because I want to say you guys were all in different locations. But the video was like you guys all mastered it together to make one song because I saw like the young lady on there. She was singing into it and the other guy was there and then you were like in the backyard or something playing the guitar. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, well, it's a really great song called Compose. Okay. K-O-M-P-O-Z for musicians. It's a collaboration. So like the girl was in Arizona. She had heard my song online, contacted me and said, could I... Add some vocal tracks to us, absolutely, which she did a great job. She did. It was an awesome drum. Yeah, I, I and like then it. Uh, my friend Rich, who's the bass player, we've been good friends for 25-odd years, and he did that in California. And then, of course, I did the uh, stuff here. I videotaped some stuff in Joshua Tree and then uh, in Williamsburg oh, okay. at Colonial Parkway. And, yeah, so I've got actually a couple others uh, working on right now. The bass player was found me, and he was in 
Quebec, Canada. The drummer was oh, in wow. Kentucky. And the engineer was in Holland. <laughs> wow. So it's that's pretty awesome. cool, though. Oh, yeah, like, that's a, awesome. It's an awesome site, and it just takes your music right. in and that's totally the, different directions. And that's the purpose of why I started this podcast, yeah. is to be able to connect with people of all walks of life, yeah. all backgrounds, no matter where you're from. I've done virtual uh, interviews. Of course, I prefer a much more in-person yeah, yeah, setting. Um, but, you know... It's kind of great that you're doing that. So you guys, I, if you get a chance, go check out uh, Giovanni's YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, you play smoke, smoke on the Water together. Smoke on the Water. I can play that one more chord. That's it. You pass it, I'm done. Get the three notes and done. After that, the rest is on you, buddy. Well, thanks so much for being here, Giovanni. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for coming over. You guys take care. We're going to see you guys next week. And peace out. Peace out.